Welcome to the second episode of the GQA podcast, The Big Green Q&A, on the subject of Second Chance. I am Dan Brown, Strategic Relationship Manager for GQA Qualifications and your host for the podcast. In this episode, we will be exploring the disconnect that some students experience with the school system, the reasons behind this and the, the lure of bad influences that can lead them into crime. We'll also explore the journey of those serving sentences in prisons, the similarities between learning or social disconnect and education as part of the rehabilitation and preparedness for those leaving prison to get that all-important job quickly and lower the risk of reoffending. But we'll also talk about the successes of those we've managed to reach, those that have turned adversity into positivity and have grown into rewarding careers bringing change and stability into their lives. So on that note, I'd like to introduce the guests and I'd like them to just tell us a little bit about themselves. Hi, my name's Amina and I'm the Head of Partnerships and Business Improvement for Novus. Novus delivers prison education, something we've been doing for over 30 years. We're delivering over 51 prisons across the country and the purpose of prison education is to equip people with the right skills and training to make them job ready and secure meaningful employment upon release. Hello, I'm Simon Smith, EQA and Technical Officer for GQA Qualifications. Um, we've developed a really good relationship, not just with Novus, but with all prison centres up and down the country. We've currently got 71 on board, which is really good. Um, and we've, we've been tailoring some of our short courses, and some of our qualifications, in fact, um, up and down the country to, to listen to and prisons and whatever they want and whatever they require. So it's been really good to build that relationship as the awarding body implement and get full engagement with our qualifications across the sector. Hi, I'm Paul Wormsley. I'm the intervention and also employer engagement and education specialist at Nobody Left Behind. We're a CIC based in Merseyside and we upskill those marginalised and stuck in our communities with at present, a success rate of getting people into employment of 86%. Wow. Um, Paul, I'd like to come to you, actually, uh, to start with. Uh, part of the community work which Nobody Left Behind is involved in is to go into schools and just to talk to the students and help them recognise bad life choices from good ones. And from those conversations, perhaps the, uh, spot the students that may already be starting to be influenced by the wrong people. I just wondered if you could tell us a little bit how you recognise that and perhaps what the common drivers are or lures for the disengagement that leads to them bad decisions? I think predominantly peer group pressure and I'd say deprivation, poverty and them type of economic issues in them areas cause most of them problems. There is other things as well in terms of now we've got loads of issues with ADHD, with ODD, with autism and other broad spectrum issues which are not going recognised in primary schools and then by the time the young people reach year nine they become disruptors because they don't know what else to do so they're deemed as then as being challenged and then the school has a duty of care to the other pupils and so loads of these pupils are then excluded from mainstream school and that's where we pick them up so the similarities are challenging the way to try and then approach these kids because and I, I've spoke about it earlier on is I have the no plan plan which we can't go in to speak to young people with a sort of set of rules because what's going on in their head is chaos so you'd approach it with chaos and you see what comes from that and then we pick up the pieces from that 
I mean, you mentioned there about obviously ADHD and these um, kind of things that don't get picked up in primary school. Do you think the education's kind of rigid or not funded enough to be able to deal with those kind of learning difficult, well, dif- approaches? It's not an education issue. It's a public health issue. Right. And the money needs to be spent in public health, and mm. then which then needs to be filtered down through the NHS. What you've got is CAMS, which is a system which has failed, right. which is absolutely broken. And obviously, the, the old NHS is broken. I think that's another podcast. Mm. If I'm honest, before we came bogged <laughs> yeah. down into that already, <laughs> that's another podcast. Okay, so Amina, there's a statistic that says 25% of prisoners have come through a care system, and more than 50% have some sort of educational need which is a similar thing that um, Paul's just spoken about. I mean, can you resonate as well with um, the difficulties of engaging with students and find similar problems with those serving in prisons? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with what Paul is saying. Many of our learners, when they come into prison, it's probably the first time an additional learning need has been identified. You know, they've had really negative experience of school and now they're in prison and now they've got to do education. So we have amazing teachers that encourage, motivate, cajole and give people a second chance mm. you know I, I in my career in 17 years working in prison education the amount of you know men because I've worked in male establishments have said oh I'm not doing English Amina I don't want to do English and it's saying well actually let's give it a go why not it's your chance to make it you know use this time wisely and we'll for us education is about it's a holistic approach that we'll take. Mm. Our class sizes are a lot smaller than mainstream and community education. So we can put strategies in place, not just for them to succeed in the classroom, but also in wing, wings and also in life. Mm. And, and that's really important for us. How do you try and get the learners to open up and develop trust in you and take that first step into retraining? It's like I said to you, it's mainly about our talented teachers that will do the motivation. That's, you know, doing the encouragement, cajoling people. It's sitting down with them and actually saying, what is it exactly that you want? Giving them the right advice, looking at what career pathways that they can do. And in prisons, what we always do is sequencing the learning. So, for example, our curriculum is made up of looking at the labour market intelligence, looking mm. at labour shortages out there. And that's what we'll then you know, build our curriculum on. So it's working with our learners and looking at what career pathways that's open to them. So, for example, if they've got less than two years to serve, that's when we'll offer them the vocational provision. Because if they've got a long long sentence, there's no point doing a vocational provision because by the time they come out, the qualification might be obsolete. And the way the world's going, that that job might not even actually um, exist. But something that we do a lot of is we work with a lot of employers in a number of ways. Firstly, to actually, you know, looking at our curriculum design, making sure what we're delivering is industry standards. Is it going to prepare people uh, to get a job? Uh, Another aspect is making sure that we offer qualifications have got real currency Mm. that's something that we're very passionate about we want to make sure that when people leave prisons they've got qualifications that will have currency another aspect that we do a lot with employers is say actually there's a huge untapped talent in prisons come and see what we deliver come and see what skills people are learning and provide them with a job 
And that's something that's been we've been doing for a very long time and something we're really proud of. Yeah. And for the men and women and young people that we, you know, educate, it's giving them hope. It's yeah. actually helping them get a job and get quality resettlement. Yeah. Hope. I think what you've got to look at as well is for loads of these these people and predominantly the men, you know, let's not not forget they are predominantly men, that achieving something for the first time. That is massive. You don't realise. And yeah. so for a male who's got to deal with ego and what he's left behind to then be given a certificate to say, you have passed this, it's like, that's the start. Yeah. That is the start of it all. And I think Simon and me and myself, we see we see that all the time. Yeah. And that glow that you get, and that's just the start of the journey. Yeah. That's really interesting, Paul, because I can remember when I first started working in prison education, I thought, right, we're going to have an achievements award. Yeah. And everyone's there looking at me like, oh, I mean, I don't think that's going to work. And I tell you what, there were people there dressed in their finest um, clothes. Like you've just said, Paul, getting a certificate for, for the very, very first time, the confidence... It was amazing to see their confidence was like, wow, this is the first time I can't wait to ring my family and say I've got a certificate. They feel so, so proud. It's amazing, isn't it? It's transforming lives. Yeah, no, it's, it's the same for me. I've started working in prisons a number of years ago and I think I walked into my very first prison, first day and thought, firstly, in my mind, just Joe Public has never been in prisons, never been involved in anything to do with prisons. Why are we rewarding these people? Over the years, the pennies dropped big time and I realise now that we... It's rehabilitation is good as we need to educate them. We need to get them into work. And this last two or three years um, since COVID and, and whatnot, a lot of the labour markets, there's a skill shortage. Mm. So we, we can now turn to these guys and say, you're going to get a second chance. And talking about achievements when you've uh, got guys, you know, mainly men, I've been in, in prisons where they've been actually handed out the certificate and the, the labourers, the CSCS card. And to see the faces... It was really, I was really taken aback. I didn't yeah. think that was going to happen. I just thought it was going to be, oh yeah, I've got a dinner ticket and I deserve it anyway because I thought it was going to be all macho about it and all yeah. egotistic. But it wasn't. It. The guy just said, this is amazing. My mum's bought me some tools. My mum's bought me some PPE. I'm getting straight out there. He was due to leave really quickly and he, he was made up by what he'd achieved. And it, it's a big word when these guys yeah. very often come in with nothing they leave mm -hmm. the trail of disaster possibly behind them. So for someone to say, actually, you've achieved that, you've done really well, possibly get a job with that now that turnaround in life and they, they take that second chance as well yeah um, I, th I think just to give it some context as well so for the last two years within your sentence if you're allowed to you're given what's called rottle mm -hmm. which means you're released on temporary license which then allows you to go and work in the community uh, to give back some reparation and then qualifications that being that, that have been gained what simon said having that card that cscs card with a picture on it which is not a prison card mm. with your picture on it, makes you feel so much different. Yeah, It makes you feel like a different type of human because when you're behind that door and you're locked behind the door, it's a, it's a different mentality. And I know they're trying to change the language now about ex-offenders and, and, cu and cu call them, uh, what is it? Re Returning, returning citizens, citizens is the is the new buzzword. I don't think I like it, but at least it's getting away from from that sort of language. And that's why, because we're an education provider, I will always refer to people as learners. Because yeah. for us, they're learners. And again, we, you know, we pride ourselves in our education departments to make sure it mirrors community education and it, the classrooms, everything. Yes, we're within prison walls, but it's a education facility. It's a training facility. That's really good. What I find interesting, uh, interesting really, 
about this is the enthusiasm that you're talking about, the people that's really achieving these qualifications and almost giving them an optimism for that second chance. Um, Simon, we talked about skill shortages. Um, it's really important that the qualifications that we can offer helps guides them into, I suppose, the latest industries, because which are not the same perhaps 10 years ago, you know, or wherever in the sentence. That's um, right. How can GQA qualifications really help that process, you know? So really with our level one, which is primarily what people are studying and what people are doing the coursework on. So the level one, the, the, there's a standing start, they'll carry that out. And then that allows them then that bit of a dinner ticket to get onto site. So with our qualifications, once they go onto site, we have learnt since, you know, the last 18 months where a lot of centres have come on board, there's some employers that are coming into centres now. So there's a lot of employers saying, oh, not just, because I know um, Green King do it and Timpsons do it mm -hmm. where they love ex-offenders. Now, construction sites are actually saying, do you know what? We've had a couple of good lads here. Even if they haven't had yeah. a great deal of good lads, they'll say, oh yeah, do you know what? We'll have another couple of uh, ex-offenders. And before you know it, that rapport really works. And we've seen it ourselves where they've got onto site. Now, I've just had a labourer's card, a green card from GQA to start learning a trade, so they'll start getting a bit of a brickwork qual and they'll start working towards site joinery. Before you know it, they then got a level two, which turns the card into another colour. And again, they don't rest on the laurels. They have to get another colour card, so they've broke away from prison life, they're straight into employment, so they're actually working the way, achievement upon achievement. And really, that's when they start seeing, you know what, I'm not just worth something, I'm I'm on the ball and I'm on the game here, this is, this is where it's at. And, and for employers to pick up on that as well is really pleasing because I think if I was a big employer quite a few number of years ago, yeah. I would have frowned upon, oh, we've got someone, he's been in prison, he has, I don't really want him on, bo on board with us. But now the mentality is slowly changing for the good as well. And I've seen it with my own eyes where companies have come in um, been to a couple of prisons when they've been in there saying right lads you're due to leave in three weeks we've got a big contract breaking out in three weeks your name's at the top of the list and they mm -hmm. just that focus of getting out of prison and that focus on getting a job and like I say with the parents buying PPE and all those sort of conversations have been happening for GQA to be part of that as well even though we're only the start, starting yeah. point I think it's really encouraging for, for everybody you know so no, I completely agree. I think since Brexit, since uh, COVID, attitudes have changed. We work with, like I said, numerous employers, large and, and, and small. A lot of them don't actually know what happens in prison education. Mm. They don't realise that this untapped you know, pool is is there, you yeah. know, talent pool of people there. And we work with them in numerous we, um, ways. So, for example, this week um, I was lucky to go to the opening of a new restaurant in one of our prisons in Wales. So we've partnered with The Right Course and Fred Syriacs and we've uh, developed a restaurant and, and kitchen and training facilities. Now, that's a great example of... We know there's lots of jobs out there, but this is a brand new facility that will allow us to deliver front of house, back of house. We've got input from industry experts. And like I was talking to one of the you know learners and saying, oh, are you enjoying it? It's like, it's brilliant. This is an opportunity of a lifetime. And as soon as, you know, they finish, the whole vision of that is they get that experience within prison. And as soon as they get released, like Simon says, they can transition smoothly into employment. And that's what the key is. Education is so important and it's a part of a really important jigsaw. But employment is the next step. And that's why we as an education provider have a team of colleagues that work with people that have got less than three you know, months left to serve and do job brokerage. Um, with employers because uh, we think it's the right thing to do. Yeah. 
Simon, sorry. I think when I was talking to some employers once, the you know the, everyone had dropped the shoulders because it was a bit of a weird situation. I was mm. in there, the learners were in there, and the governors were in there, and the, the employees were in there. For me to learn that if someone's serving a long sentence, there's a bit of a transition where they have to learn how to use bank cards again. They have mm. to use, just get into Civvy Street, if you like. And that was so interesting for me, and I'm sure um, Paul had enlightened me on that but even more but I, I was so intrigued by what I was hearing about you can't just leave on a Friday start labouring on a Monday Re you can and you can't there's a lot of things behind the scenes in that transition the lead up to the rattle or the lead up to actually leaving um, again it was it was really interesting yeah you're getting people work ready the qualifications is just one step Yeah. then there's mm. the, then you've got to get them ready mentally and then they've got to have the right family around them and the right support around them because they don't want to be going back to that peer group because if they go back to that peer group or any of them old friends they, they can just subtly get get into it and what, what i want to say and then i'll pass over then is at nobody left behind we use the abc model which is first get them a job mm. secondly then get them a better job and then thirdly get them a contracted job because sometimes they're not ready for them big steps yeah. and it, it is just baby steps baby steps it's taking me seven years because the trust levels weren't there yeah so i mean i come out of prison to a big hoo-ha, mm. you know, obviously the cat's off the bag now on the podcast because <laughs> Simon let it off the bag before, but it's okay. I, th I think just, just to know that you have that support around you, but then you have that qualification, that them qualifications to back it up because if anyone says, well, what, what have you got? You have got that. Yeah. There true. it is. There's the cert that I've got. You know, you just don't want to be sort of BSing people along the way to know that you've got that and that stands up, that qualification. That's why early on when we mentioned about achieving, it's so, so the best and the biggest first step to make within the prison system. So as well as the qualifications, and you talked about almost this life, these life skips, steps, skips this process to get them. What what kind of process does that involve? What's the, what's the skills that equip them with? It's employability skills. So when we speak to employers, they'll say, we want these qualifications. However, we want the right attitudes, the right behaviours, because they're, they're really, really important. And we embed them within our qualifications, within our workshops and in prisons. You know, people probably spend more time in education and in workshops than anywhere. So our tutors, our teachers can identify those learners that have got the, you know, right attitude, the ones that are punctual, the ones that are team players. So when we're making referrals to employers, they're robust referrals because we really get to know people. And that's what employers actually want. And what we always say to employers is, Come in, talk about mm. a career in construction, talk about a career in hospitality, make it real, meet people. So we do lots of employment fairs, lots of recruitment events, uh, and, you know, to get people to be engaged. And that's the key. And for us, employability skills, those softer skills are so important. Because like with anybody, anybody employing people, you want the right attitude and the right mm. behaviour. That's what we um, embed. So, so we've lately spoken to tier one construction companies who are now allowing us to do the sift for them and so we've got this now socialization process where we have them for three weeks training beforehand where we know who's going to be the top people who, mm. who whose attitude is right so now they're not employing on skill level that's just it's needed yeah. and it's got it so the qualification yeah. is there and that's great that's got them the foot in the door but what's going to open the door and keep it open is attitude yeah, yeah. so you have to educate attitude you have to get them right 
I feel like I can't swear on this podcast, but I feel like I want to. <laughs> and he's looking at me now saying, so I won't. But you have to have a big pan of get your... Absolutely. Soup. Do you know what I mean? And, and if you can't get that together and you have to educate young people, and sometimes you've got to be tough. Mm-hmm. You've got to be really tough with these people to say, look, you know, and we talk about second chance before. Sometimes it's third, fourth, fourth yeah. chance, second chance. Three, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? You've just got mm-hmm. to keep giving them a chance yes. if they're cool mm-hmm. and they're fine and they just keep back banging their heads against the wall or mm-hmm. going back to some of their old habits. There'll be a time and a place where they're at the right stage of broken to be fixed. And if you're there and you've set up that relationship with them, then you can help. Relationships are massive, massive. as well. This, this referral... Um, is really interesting because it kind of feeds into again i don't like using statistics but they give you a kind of a feel um according to research six in ten employers have said they would consider hiring ex-offenders but in reality only 30 percent of uk businesses in the private sector employ any so this referral system that you're talking about get them ready with the qualifications and the skills and then mm. the referral is a really important step because it's you guys kind of saying we're working with these people, we understand their attitude, we understand their qualifications and they're ready to engage and they're ready to work with you. I expect that's such a massive part of the of the process of getting them into employability. Absolutely. And I think a lot of employers are overwhelmed. Mm. Prisons are very, very complex. Yeah. You know, for us, it's our day-to-day business, mm. but they're overwhelmed with regards to HR, disclosure, how does it work? And when I speak to employers, I always say, you know what, you need to be aware of some of the things like wraparound services. So if one of our learners is released and they haven't got money for the bus fare or their PPE, they just won't turn up. But if you take all these things into consideration beforehand and put things in place, it's going to be a smooth transition. Yeah. You know, some of our learners might have probation appointments they might have other commitments again make sure that's all integrated and part of you know your hiring managers are aware so what we've also found with a lot of employers is at a senior level they're really really keen they really really want to employ prison leavers however it's the hiring managers that have a lot of um, reservation so one of the things i always say is well bring them in Bring them in, come and see what we do, come and see what we deliver, meet the men, meet the women, meet the young people. And that straight away dispels some of these myths, stereotypes, Mm -hmm. and that's the key. I think, like I said, a lot of employers, A, don't know what happens in prison, um, and a lot of them are just scared of the process. But that's where we come up as Novus, along with our HMPPS colleagues, We'll hold their hand. We, when, you know, when I speak to employers, it's like, what do you want? You tell us what you want for your organisation. You tell us what. We'll do all that pre-screening. If there's anything that you want us to upskill, we'll embed that within our courses because mm. we want people to succeed. Yes. That is our ultimate gain. And I can back that up as well because when I was in, I've been in three this week, we're Friday today, so I've been into three prisons this week, yeah. of which two have been able to speak to learners, mm. um, no problem at all and they how hungry they are they are for courses and education and you know qualifications it's crazy because i sat with one person just doing some sampling then you know the, the thing that we do and a guy knocked on the door um can i do this uh yes yeah you've done it he knew we had he just wanted a way in you've done it already right what else can i do well you're on the rmf the the, 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 the transport thing next week you're on this you're on that right, what else can i do 
and we get that quite a lot so we've started generating shorter courses you know manual handling first aid at work and all those sort of things where we're going to hopefully roll them out um, back end of this year hopefully early on next year but the, the hunger if wish employers could come in with me to speak to these people they're that hungry to complete qualifications and like I say once they get the first one under the belt and they think oh hang on man this is this is brilliant the second one comes in they think they just get hungry and just really eat them up and they can't yeah that, that's right and to see that our qualification even though we'll be at level one they embed a lot of english in that so you get guys who well i'm not really very good at reading and writing the english department will work with them complete our workbooks mm. and before you know it they've learned about health and safety they've their English skills have really upped the game, and it's it's really good to see. It really is good to see. So, so with the with the suite of skills that we offer as well at Nobody Left Behind, the, the in essence it's a suite of health and safety, yep. with CSCS as like the the golden ticket for yep. them, but with some manual handling, some cost training, some first aid, some mental health to just get them equipped to go into any civil engineering job, any factory job, any construction job even cleaning jobs as well but across the board what it does it gives them that confidence to know that they can achieve which go back to that word but they can they can also upskill yeah because for me it is about upskilling people all the time and just and following the labor markets seeing what yeah. Yeah. we we have a lead on that because yeah. uh, obviously one of my roles is at the university of the pool as well so we have a a, a slight advantage in knowing where the jobs are going to be 12 months down the road so we can get ready for that there's loads of construction jobs but there's loads of jobs on on, on peel peel waters as well on the waterfront of the pool because it's growing i mean the pool's the only city in the world where you can dock in the town center so there's a huge business in hospitality there as yeah. well we're going to be going into the hospitality mm. trade and also the uh, customer service as, as well that that's another way of, of getting people Sort of on that job yeah. road, mm. which I'm telling you, it's a a job, b a better job, c a contracted job. It's just about the journey with them all. And I think with construction and hospitality, you know, like we've all mentioned, we know there's lots of jobs out there. Majority of our curriculum is is based around there, but there are sectors and industries that are, I think a bit more forgiving, and we get some really good successes. Last week, one of the employers that you mentioned, Green King, were, was telling me we placed somebody, uh, a, a young woman, in an entry level role a couple of months ago, and now she's actually progressed into a, a managerial role, and that's a, a life change not just for her and her family but also the community you know so it's yeah. really really important and it's about progression like you were saying Paul people want jobs that are sustainable but where they can progress yeah. they don't just want to do entry level roles and that's why when we work with employers that's why we do the employment fairs it's like sell your sector tell them what opportunities you know that are, are available yeah. Yeah. so I, I, w- I want to explain what we've found out working on the coal face of interventions. Yeah. When we go and do interventions, we realise, we were speaking about it early on, that it's not the young people who need the interventions, it's the parents. Right. Or their siblings, or some of their family, or some of their community. So then if we, that opens the door then for us to go into a specific area, uh, and then to upskill the young people's family, to go, right, do, what, have you got a job? No. Do, do you want to mm-hmm. come on any of these courses? And that's what we're finding. Now Now we've got housing organisations who are paying us to go and do work in the communities to upskill them types of, of, of people and families, 
which obviously then what we're doing is then we're coming to you to, to GQA as our accredited qualification to, to, for then this to happen. So I think what we need to do as well is have more conversations afterwards about like what other qualifications we can develop to get these uh, people and these families on that journey of achieving so that then they can move away from that stuck position which because there's loads of families who are just stuck because we work in some of the most deprived areas in the country there's 221 or 225 left behind wards and 22 of them are on Merseyside and we work in all 22 of them wards they're, they're the lowest of the low forgotten about areas which need most of our help and that's we're allowed to go in there and do the work that we do with the qualifications provided by you that's how important it is for us and our communities i, I think that's really important um it's and, and that's what we do in prisons it's a holistic approach that we take with our learners so qualifications are really really important but you know if, if they're doing a catering course they, they'll come back and say actually this is brilliant when i go out i'm going to be able to cook for my family or you know I'm, i can't believe i've got this math qualification i'll be able to help you know uh, my child with their homework and they're all just as important skills and uh, that that they need again for quality resettlement we even do um, we do laundry quals as well at GQA. We do laundry qualifications. We've got principles of windows and doors as well, as well as the softer skills, like I said before, mm-hmm. that we're trying to implement. So it's been really good to see. Like you say, somebody said, "Well, what am I going to do?" I'm just say I don't want. I'm not interested in construction because that's another thing as well. Not everyone wants to do it. So they'll well, I, I work on the washing machines or I work in the laundry all day. Perfect. So that suitability across the board from GQA mm-hmm. is trying to satisfy those needs and the uptake in those other little areas has been really good from, from a GQA point of view. So it seems to be working. You know? yeah. I think, it's, sorry Dan, it, there's loads of transferable skills as well. Mm-hmm. So when you're in that criminal world, you've, you've got a set of skills that are just used in the wrong way. Yeah. So when, when, when you go to prison and, and you, you've got the likes of Novus there and the teachers, they can highlight them and they can go back and then then have them conversations with that person and say, listen, you know, that skill, that is a skill. That out could be used for A, B, C or D. Yeah. And they are really, really transferable. And James Timpson's has got it nailed in his yeah. model, what he's got and what he uses within within that. If you look at that closely, he's really dig down deep to find out what suits his model, yeah. what suits the model of that, that type of person to fit and, and is like employing a personality to do mm-hmm. a job that needs that personality. I think discovering those kind of skills that are transferable is quite key and it's almost like developing a connection and yeah. there's quite a lot of connection that you need to make. If I think of Nobody Left Behind, there's a connection that you make through sport to engage with with the people that you're involved with. And then we spoke earlier about, I suppose, the connections that people explore with art and music in prisons as well. So. It's sometimes you need a different, another medium as well to spark that trust, to spark that 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 dialogue. I, I suppose. Absolutely, we have to use different models all the time uh, to engage people. Because if you think about it, if someone's you know got a twenty-year sentence, they're coming in, they're not going to jump for joy to go into an English class. Mm. So we will be like, you know, art is a great example. Yeah. It's something that they'll do. They're very very good at it. We get get some amazing artwork that comes out of prisons. It bo- boosts their self-confidence then they'll be like yeah actually I'll give English a go I'll give maths a go it's always looking at different models I think you touched on it before Simon you know with English and maths we we do so many different models of delivery so some of it might be contextualized and embedded
did in some of the workshops. So, you know, it's easy to do fractions when you're baking a cake rather than sitting in a classroom to do it. But creative engagement, that is so, so important because that's something that is the hook we get mm-hmm. them hooked into education. And once they think, actually, I'm really good at that, they forget all the negative experiences and then we've got them hooked. Scotland's a huge on that and it's and it's a whole theory within criminology mm-hmm. called the desistance theory and it's based on being creative and I call it the karaoke theory. So one of the first questions that I ask young people when I go and speak to them is will you get up and sing on karaoke and the ones who won't take themselves too seriously they will then adhere to peer pressure more so you know you've got to work with them. Yeah. The others who won't, who say no I'm not bothered, I'll get up and sing, they're, yeah. they're going to be fine. Because they, yeah. they, they, they know themselves. Yeah. If they're having other issues, we can deal with that. But the ones who won't, they're the ones who are easily led. They're yeah. the ones who will follow, who will conform to whatever's around them. So how does the, the sport that uh, you connect with, the people that you were with, how does that bring them on? How does that bring them out of the shell and create trust? Sport is a hook. Mm. And nothing more or nothing less Especially than in a, in a prison a setting. Like, <laughs> like the creative thing is, like music is, yeah. like English is, like maths is. It's all a hook to grab them to, so you can have that relationship yeah. with them. And then once you've got that, then you can start to tap into who they are. And 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 I always say that what I have a superpower of being able to listen to what people don't say. Mm. Mm. And being able to go, okay, what 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 is it you're not telling me? Okay, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna work that angle because what you're not telling me is more important to me than what you are actually telling me. Yeah. And so that's the that's that's the way. So by spending a bit of time playing football, playing table tennis, playing tennis, whatever whatever sport, basketball, you get to know them a little bit better in a different set of circumstances. You get to know them when they're breathless. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You can push them over and have a giggle with them. You know what I mean? When they're feeling tired, there's, there's, it's just a different way. Same with music and yeah. poetry. Mm. Used to be lo- loads, loads of lads, yeah, loads of lads in jail. I remember writing a little cartoon in jail about like two barely lads standing by the door and another lad goes over and says, where's the poetry section? And they both yeah. go, it's there. Because they yeah. all know where the poetry yeah. section is because they all read it. Because it's small. It's bite-sized, isn't it? Mm. It's something... And it's that's the start. That's yeah. that achievement, achievement journey. It's the same thing. And that's a, that's the thing. Once they're engaged, you know, we have really, really good success rates mm. and achievement rates because once they're, you know, engaged, they want to continue. Yeah. They want to finish. You know, they're really, really pr- proud of their achievements. And so are we. Yeah. Like I said, I've worked for 17 years in prison education. It's one of the most rewarding jobs. Every day, you know, you're changing someone's life. It's a great career in teaching. There's no one day that's ever the same. Yeah. Any teachers are listening on this podcast, get in touch, come and work <laughs> with us. If there's any employers on, on listening to this podcast, connect with us. We'll find you the right candidates. We'll handhold you and I promise you we'll, we'll be able to get you really good is, candidates. This is the aim of what we're trying to do. It's raising awareness to get people Absolutely. to consider this and this is the, rise, the reason we're here. And, and also as well, within the prisons, I've been inside. I thought you were going to be quiet today. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and Within the prisons as well, we've been approached a number mm. of times, and I mean more than five, we've got a guy who's, who's going to be in here for a very long time. Can he deliver your qualification? So not only has he got the hunger 
to learn himself he's turned himself around actually i could give something back because i'm from con- from construction yeah. i am from hospitality i've heard that, you know, yeah. different people asking different questions but really they want to better themselves not just to do the course but to train the trainer and be actually yeah. deliver the course so mm-hmm. for us that's just we don't, we're certainly not going to decline because we that enthusiasm is yeah. too strong and if they don't do our course and deliver that they'll do something else so we might as well embrace that yeah. which is what we do at gqa you know give everyone a chance and but the the, the level of people coming through to want to be these people the, the trainers phenomenal you know yeah. so. one of the things that you've mentioned to me before simon is the an interest of when they leave prison how well they've done and whether that progression's continued i mean uh, amina is do novice uh, really track these people that um that have left being employed and make sure that uh, they understand there's other opportunities for learning and, and job progression? So like I mentioned before, we have a team of colleagues that work with people that have got less than three months left to serve. Um, we'll do the job brokerage and um, we'll match them. And they've got that friendly number. So if there's anything that goes, you know, the relationship's already mm. been built. They do track it, but not that much. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't push we... it. You don't actively push it. It's like the job's done there and now it's passed over to, to probation. So probation then have to push that out. I think... Because I know I know we're trying to, we haven't got much time here, mm. but I just want to try and end on a real positive here yeah. and, and bring it into a personal note for myself. So I left prison in 2016 with 74 qualifications and I was like, well, get on that. Yeah. Not only did I leave with 74 qualifications, but I left with a job in the Jamie Carragher Sport and Learn Academy where there was a sports psychology teacher. I was allowed to do that for the last two years of my sentence yeah. because I was educated within the prison system to a level and they let me do that. I took my teacher qualification while I was doing distant learning. The prison allowed me to do that and at the, at the, and at the academy. But that was also done with the education yeah. uh, department within the prison system. I also wrote a best-selling book which won the Kessler Platinum Prize within the prison system. And I wouldn't have been able to do none of that without sitting down and my, doing my level one English, my mm. level one maths all over again. Yeah. And I absolutely loved it. I've become mm. a toe-by-toe mentor on the wing and learning other people's traits, learning skills, disabilities, and realising that what makes us all the same is we're all different. But then being able to have that other chance and be able to come out and go, okay, look, I am that person who's done this. You can actually do this. If you want to do it, you can. Mm. It's just a matter of sticking to it and just being relentless along the way because you come out of prison with a stigma. Yeah, You are an ex-offender. You are a criminal. Mm. You're not an ex-criminal. You're a criminal. Like it never leaves you behind. No. And, and, and you're right, and I'm... You know, I want to finish on a, on optimism as well because the real purpose of this podcast was to highlight the work that's been done in prisons and also the work that's done with people before they even get to that journey. And there's a lot of people out there that's got this old stereotype view about not even considering working with uh, people that's been in prison. But the skill shortages out there and it's clear, Simon, you've told me about the standard of work that you've seen in prisons. You know, yeah. 
this is an area that people should really be considering. It is, and, and from cradle to grave, I'll t- I'll, you know, I've been there when the lads have seen open the work before the first time. I've been at that stage, and we tried to do a case study. Unfortunately, the guys didn't want to be recognised, they didn't want to be filmed, they didn't want to be recorded and that, which is fair enough, totally understood. Um, but they were absolutely amazing, and the work... They got the level one, they were labourers. One started being a brickie, the other one was being a plaster, two different avenues. But the work they were producing on that day when I was there, just with my own eyes, to see that they come from our level one through to getting stuck into the level two um, yeah. brickwork and, and plastering, it was phenomenal. And that's why I know it works. It's just unfortunate. I, I get into places where most people can't, you know, so yeah. I can see the education, I can see the sites. And yeah. to see that whole cradle to grave, it's it's exciting for me. I, I love. I really do love it. I enjoy it because I know it's giving good back to everybody. Everyone wins. You know they've done something bad. Sure they have. That's why they're in there. But what are they going to do about it? Mm. We can only help them so much. And you know, when they take it with both hands and they move on to employment, it's probably like it. What we've all said. It's really rewarding and it's Absolutely. great to see. I love it, Heidi. So look from Acorns. Yeah. From Acorns. Absolutely. I mean, I can't believe I work in the pool university. Absolutely, I can't believe yeah. I've got a shiny office. Think, yeah. We can't. But you didn't think that <laughs> when you were doing your And that's and what it is. Yeah. The irony of it, I work in the School of Law and Social Justice mm. because there is loads of injustice out there as well. And I think it's being able to spot it and, and then be able to feed that through into research. And none of that would have happened without that first little step into, step into the yeah, classroom. Absolutely. And you've got to do that. I've got to do what? Are you exactly. having a giggle? Yeah. Are you having exactly. a giggle? I've got to yeah. do that. Yeah, no, you've got to do it. Okay, I'll do it. Give me that. And then you don't know where the, the, the journey's going to end up once you take that first step. And if there's anyone out there, especially, I know everyone's had the, had the little say about what they do, but, you know, Nobody left behind. Just get in touch. Go on the website. Get in touch with us. Uh, we're after employers. We're after people who feel that they're stuck in the Merseyside area, and we will do our best to help you out. Absolutely. I think there's huge talent in prison. Like I said at the beginning, we're really, really proud of what we deliver in prisons, and I completely agree. Every success story that we have it's just so rewarding. And some of the feedback that we get from employers is, actually, they're the best employees. They yeah. make the best employees. Yeah. When you give someone a chance, they'll grab it yeah. and they'll, they, you know, they want to progress. And for us, that's what makes this job so rewarding. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the conversation that we've had here today. And I'd like to thank everybody being involved. Also, Paul from Nobody Left Behind, Simon from GQA, and Amina from Novus. We've had lots to talk about, and I'm sure this conversation will continue. And you never know, there may be another podcast as a follow-up. So once again, thank you for taking part. No problem. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting us.